Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. Hi, this is Brian Jost with NAMI Minnesota. Here is a short episode with Kay King, NAMI Minnesota staff member, discussing uh, programming related to anxiety in older adults. You can contact Kay King via email at kking at namimn.org. So that's her first initial K and then K-I-N-G at namimn.org. Or call the office at 651-645-2948. Here is Kay. Welcome. I'm Kay King, the Older Adults Program Coordinator and Community Educator for Adult Programming at NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I have a series of five programs under the umbrella of Gray Matters. And today I'm just going to briefly tell you about one of those five programs, what you need to know about aging and anxiety. And this program is particularly, it is an hour and a half program if you take the, the program or if you have the presentation scheduled at your nonprofit or at your church or at your workplace. And it's an hour and a half, but today I'm just going to highlight some of the, the parts of this p- particular program. Um, anxiety disorders is the most common of the mental illnesses. It's three times more common than major depression, but it also has high correlation between having anxiety disorders and also living with major depression. The correlation is about 50%. So we're going to talk um, you know, about anxiety, symptoms, risk factors in older adults. Um, in this presentation, you learn some different types of anxiety disorders. You also learn a little bit about treatment, management, and recovery. A little bit of discussion about suicide, although you know, I hope you'll consider taking some of the suicide prevention classes that we offer at NAMI Minnesota. A good one, for example, to take would be a one and a half hour class called QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer. It's a gatekeeper class that's taught nationwide and it's really helpful to learn the basics about suicide prevention. Um, and then also um, in our anxiety um, in older adults, you'll learn about resources to support older adults that live with anxiety disorder. And anxiety disorder um, really has an early onset. Um, actually, the average age of onset is 11. So half the people who are going to develop any signs and symptoms of anxiety disorder in their lifetime develop them by age 11. And then the other half is after age 11. So that's really what brings down, you know, the mental health figures to an early age onset. Anxiety really contributes to having that be such a low age. Um, The statistic is that by age 14, 50% of people who are going to have signs and symptoms of any mental health issue in their lifetime will have those by age 14. By age 24, if you're going to have any signs and symptoms any time in your lifetime of an mental illness, you'll have those by age 24. And so the anxiety disorder average of 11 really does bring down those figures. Now, can you develop anxiety disorders as an older adult for the first time? Sure, but it's not as common as someone who perhaps has developed some signs and symptoms earlier. But the beauty of getting older, and there is a beauty to that, the beauty of getting older is that you learn to manage a life um, managing an illness. So, you know, you raise your kids, you work, um, you go to post-secondary school, you keep learning, you have a vacation home, um, you, you know, live a life. 
And so um, anxiety disorders can be mild, they can be moderate, they can be really severe. And like all illnesses, there really are ebbs and flows to mental illnesses. It's really rare for people to be symptomatic all the time. But the same thing is true with other illnesses. You know, if you have multiple sclerosis, MS, you know, you typically are not symptomatic at a high level all the time. You have ebbs and flows to it. If you have lupus, you have ebbs and flows to it. If you have Parkinson's disease, you have ebbs and flows to it. Well, the same thing is true with the mental illnesses. So with um, anxiety disorders, it's really, first of all, anxiety is natural. It's something that everyone experiences. I would have to say that my experience is that the greatest fear, if you asked our general population what their greatest fear is, they probably say public speaking. And for someone like me, not a problem. But the majority of U.S. citizens don't like doing public speaking. Does that mean you live with an anxiety disorder? Absolutely not. That is normal. Um, fear and anxiety are essential for our survival. You know, it's built into our DNA. If we see a bear on the Superior Hiking Trail, I think we're going to turn around and run as fast as we can away from that bear. And we're going to have, you know, the palpitating heart, and we're going to have the tingling and the sweating and all those sorts of things. Does that mean that you live with an anxiety disorder? No, it means that you're normal. So anxiety, though, again, if it's over an extended period of time and it affects your ability to do your skills of daily living, um, you know, then it's time perhaps to get in and see a doctor. And, you know, with older adults or with people of any age, it's really important to get in for just a good workup because so many other things in life can look like a mental illness. So, you know, there are medications that have anxiety as a side effect. So you could be taking a medication for something else and all of a sudden you develop some, some things that um, look like anxiety disorder. Um, you could also um, have something happen in your life. Um, it could be something traumatic um, that could happen. And perhaps, um, you know, that triggers what looks like anxiety disorder. But it's really good to have things checked out. So you go to your general practitioner. And then, of course, if they suspect that it might be something related to anxiety disorder, hopefully then they're going to give you a referral to a mental health professional. And that mental health professional might be... Um, you know, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, it might be a licensed marriage and family counselor, um, it might be, you know, any or all of those, uh, those folks. But it is important that general doctors and nurse practitioners, practitioners learn a little bit about the mental illnesses because I think that's where most of us start. And that's a good place to start because it's not always mental illness that we're seeing, it could be something else. So, you know, going back to my point about, you know, that fight or flight, that's built into our DNA. That doesn't mean you live with a major anxiety disorder. So what makes a diagnosis usually um, occur is that you're reporting your signs and symptoms. And if those symptoms are persistent, if they're excessive, if they're life altering, you know, that's when, you know, a doctor or the first health professional that you see, you know, perhaps makes a referral. So what about aging, you know, makes us anxious? Well, there's lots of things. Um, a death of spouses, death of friends. Um, what happens is that um, we tend to have people our own age as our friends. We tend to marry typically people that are close to us in age. So that means that you're going to have you know a fair amount of deaths at the same time. Lots of good friends may die because average age of life expectancy in Minnesota is 81. Um, also, you might be dealing with an illness or a medical condition as you age. You know, you might hear that you have dementia. You might hear that you have macular degeneration, losing the center vision of your eye. 
Um, you're more isolated typically because perhaps you're retired, so you don't have something that you do every day for eight hours a day, like go to work. You could have some hearing or vision loss. It's pretty common as we age. Um, we could have changing financial resources. You know, I think most of us thought um, we'd never live to be our 80s. So we've saved, but we haven't been able to save enough. Am I going to have enough money, you know, to last until I'm 85 or I'm 90 or I'm 100? We also can have a change in our physical independence. It could be because of disabilities, but it also could be maybe that we're not driving anymore. And consequently, when you live in greater Minnesota and there's not public transportation readily available, you can become pretty isolated. In fact, we live in Minnesota where our weather is not, you know, always the greatest in the winter. We have ice and we have snow. Um, you could be quite isolated in your single family home um, because of the weather. Um, then also just leaving a home of many years and having to make a transition. You know, as we get older, some of us um, end up moving closer to relatives. So we might move across country to be by our kids, or we might um, move from a four-bedroom home of many years where we raised our kids and now move into a high-rise one-bedroom apartment. And so it's not so much that older adults don't flex with the change, it's that those are a lot of losses. You know, and it's not just the loss of the physical structure of your house, it's the loss of the neighborhood kids next door. It's a loss of the church that's just a mile away where you've gone for a long time. You'll find another church. You'll meet other people. It's just it gets harder as you're older, and it's just a lot of changes at one time. So, you know, I'm not going to talk about signs and symptoms now because that's why we'd like you to attend, the, you know, the hour and a half class. But I do, um, you know, just need to mention that we sometimes um, overlook late life symptoms, you know, at, as we don't do it maybe as much with young kids or as much with um, 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. But, you know, an older adult may not want to share um, some things that they're experiencing because their fear is that their family will see them as incompetent or perhaps a family will say, gosh, if you're experiencing this, you can't live alone anymore. So by divulging that kind of information, you know, they're fearful that, um, you know, their kids may cause some change to occur like a move or that their kids are going to see them as not able to um, be independent anymore. The other thing is that, you know, the greatest generation, you know, those folks that are from that World War II era, don't openly talk so much about mental illness. They really believe that they should be able to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. That's true for all ages, but you particularly get it with the greatest generation. Um, they may view you know, mental illness or anxiety as evidence of a moral failure. Maybe they didn't pray enough. Maybe it's a physical weakness, you know, that they don't think they have or they don't want to own up to. Um, there's so much stigma about mental illness that they may feel shame about it, um, the fact that they might have an emotional problem. So there really are a lot of resources for people that are struggling with anxiety disorder, and there are some older adult-specific resources. So, you know, know that we have some direct service providers in Minnesota that um, work directly with the older adult population. And so one chance when you hear a presentation on older adults and anxiety is you'll actually get some tangible places that older adults can get some help for anxiety disorders, perhaps major depression, and some other mental health issues that may develop. So you can go to our NAMI website, NAMI Minnesota. You can put that into a search engine, or you can go to namimn.org. You also um, can make arrangements for a presentation with NAMI Minnesota, and you can also do that by filling out 
a request for presentation form on our website if you wish one of the series of Gray Matters to be presented for your organization. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org.